Thanks for joining us for the Fight for Your Marriage podcast with Charlene and Lori. This is a place where you can find hope for your marriage through Jesus Christ. Hi, I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast today. I pray that you're going to be greatly uh, encouraged and given faith and hope for what you're facing right now. Do you like to read books? Oh, I love books. Yeah, I do too. I prefer a paper copy of a book, but I actually just bought myself a Kindle to see if I would like reading on a digital reader. So we'll see how that goes. I don't know if I can do that. I bought Kindle, and I ended up going back to the real books again because I love highlighting or circling or marking books. So now you know the secrets about Charlene and her books. Yeah, you definitely do like to highlight books. Um, I recently read a book that just came out by Jonathan Pecluda, who's an author I love. He's a pastor in Texas, and the book is called Why Do I Do What I Don't Want to Do? And it's a book about holy living. And when you hear that title, you may think, oh, I'm going to get that book and I'll find out why my prodigal continues to do this or that. But it's actually a book that will help answer that question, but it also help you really do an evaluation and understand how to live a life dependent on the Holy Spirit and how to pursue holiness in all that you do, which is so important because so many people tell us And you experienced this yourself, that when they were going through um, separation or divorce or struggles in their marriage, that it turned from being about my spouse changing to where God really started working on you and taking ownership of the things that you needed to change. And that's really when people started seeing a shift is when they started just letting God transform them and not worry so much about what their spouse was doing. Oh, yes, that is a hundred percent correct because I thought it was all about Bob and all that he was doing. But when I was crying out to the Lord about change Bob and help him and rescue him and all these different things, the Lord then took me and he said, let's go to the word and let's you start reading it and studying it. And the Lord started changing me and opening my eyes to the word about our problems and about the scriptures, how it applies to our situation. What you're saying is exactly right. It's not all about another person. And that's hard to sometimes reconcile when you can see so visibly sometimes the sins that is in another person's life, but it's really about looking at yourself and um how you can pursue holiness. And what I liked about this book, in this book, he took 10 different vices or sins and um, just ones that can creep into our lives and then offered 10 different virtues or solutions to that sin. And so it was very interesting. Um, One scripture that goes along with this is 1 Peter 13 through 16, and it says, Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, Set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires that you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. 
And that's such a powerful passage because it doesn't say be holy if everybody around you is acting holy or be holy if that person that wronged you asked for forgiveness. It says be holy because I'm holy. And um, that's just such an important thing, especially when you're going through a situation in life where you have a person that is possibly wronging you in the way they're acting. Or sinning against you or their... um when you have conversations with them, when Bob and I shared our children and we would talk about the children, that it seems like um, Bob would try to push my buttons, if that is all right, to remind you of how that happens. It All of a sudden, you think you can have a conversation about something. Bob starts speaking negativity and it would just push my buttons that I would be so loving and wanting to be so Christ-like to him. And I had to learn that I had to zip my lips. Yeah, it can be a hard situation when you're living through it because you see this person that's right in front of you and you're praying for them and you have God transforming you, but this person right in front of you is not acting Christ-like. They're not um, asking you to forgive them for the way they're behaving. They seem to have no care about how they're behaving and, you know, that gets us on the topic of forgiveness. We have to be willing as Christians to forgive people, even when they've not asked for forgiveness, even when they don't seem worthy of our forgiveness. You know, sometimes when we're continually being hurt by a person, we think they are not owed my forgiveness. You know, in our humanness, that can be what we think. They've not changed. They've not apologized. They have no repentance. Like, why should I forgive them? And we should forgive them because we've been forgiven. Um, in this book, he told a story about a woman that was on a missions trip with him and a group, and she traveled on this missions trip to another country carrying a big, large bag of rocks. And I guess at the airport, there was a situation where her bag was overweight. And so while she was like doing the suitcase shuffle that we've all done before, she had shown these bag of rocks and people were kind of confused. Like, why is she traveling on a missions trip with a bag of rocks? I mean, it does seem like an odd item to pack with you. But later on, she pulled him aside and she shared with him and said, you know, I was in a recovery program and each rock represented a person in her life that she needed to forgive, but had not yet forgiven. And you've probably heard forgiveness described like this before, like it's excess baggage. And literally this woman was carrying that excess baggage with her, you know, dragging it when she would leave town, you know, tangibly carrying this bag of rocks. And I guess on that trip, he explained that she, you know, later on had an experience with God and she ended up throwing each and every one of those rocks into the Amazon River as she released each wrong, you know, that had been done to her that was weighing her down. And that's really what unforgiveness does to us. It's just a weight and a burden because our unforgiveness and bitterness is not hurting the person that we're holding it against. And they don't even know what we're right. thinking. They have no doing. idea. They have no idea that they're we're all torn up and twisted up, but they have no idea. And um, you know, like I said, we have to forgive because we've been forgiven. Let me share a scripture in Romans 12, verse 19 says, Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. And let me read another scripture about forgiveness. 
in Matthew 18, verse 21 and 22. It says, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? And Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. And if you look up in your Bible, the word forgive or forgiveness, and read that, it will just open up your eyes to see what the Lord and in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that Jesus taught about forgiving others in so many different ways. It is awesome. It is so amazing. It will just uh, open your eyes to a, a truth that is that we get tempted not to forgive daily when you may t- be talking to your spouse or you have uh, troubles with your children, that you will remember how we need to walk in the spirit of forgiveness. Right. And forgiving somebody doesn't mean they get to keep hurting you. It doesn't mean you don't need to set up boundaries. It, it doesn't mean that um, there isn't consequences to actions, but forgiving a person is freeing yourself from the weight that that burden is putting on your life. And Laurie, I think when, when Bob and I were separated and divorced, the enemy would often try to put the thoughts in my mind of just playing rewind of things that he had done or was doing and just try to keep rewinding it to me, where instead, if I lay him at, I was praying and laying uh, Bob's problems and situations with other women and planning on getting married, and instead of laying them at the Lord's feet and letting go and letting God deal with it that day, I was then would start thinking and rehashing it in my mind again at different times. And, and it wasn't bringing glory to God. It was I needed to pray about it and then trust the Lord that he was dealing with it that hour and those men and all that day and not worry about it. Let it go and let God. Yeah, when you have those times that you're finding yourself rehashing events or situations or words or things you saw on social media, you have to really just stop and take that thought captive like we've talked about. And that's when it's a great time to just have an arsenal of scriptures. Like we talked about on the last podcast, you know, make an index card of scriptures, put them in the notes on your phone of scriptures that you can pull up to replace those thoughts with truth from God's word. Because of course you can get fixated just rehashing things. I could sit and think about every wrong thing that somebody did to me, or I can focus on the fact that God has given you know me the ability to forgive the way he has forgiven and you can move forward. And that's a much healthier place to be. Um, somebody has said the quote, and I tried to find who said it and can't find who to attribute it to, but I know you've heard it before, but um, it says unforgiveness is like drinking poison yourself and waiting for the other person to die. And that's really what it is because you're not hurting the other person with unforgiveness. The only person being hurt is you. And um, I thought that story from that book was so interesting with, you know, her physically carrying the rocks around. And maybe you need to go to, you know, your yard and find a rock or go to your garden center and find a rock and put it, you know, on your desk or on your bathroom counter as just a reminder 
that you don't have to carry all that weight of those rocks around. When somebody has hurt you, you have the option to forgive them. You don't have to wait for them to apologize. You don't have to wait for them to um, admit their offenses. I spoke to um, someone recently that had a um, child going through her parents' divorce, and she was really struggling with forgiving her dad. And it was because he he wasn't really sorry for anything he's done. He hasn't admitted anything to the family. He hasn't apologized for it. And that was really a battle for her. But she's carrying the rocks and weighing her life down because she won't forgive him. So even before he apologizes and admits it, she has the ability to say, Lord, help me forgive him and to move forward as a healthy, free person that's not carrying that extra weight. Excellent example. Excellent. If there's anything that you and I see every day at home or at, uh, you go to a doctor's office or if you're standing at a grocery store line, you see somebody has a phone in their hand and they're reading it while they're waiting. It's, it's, that's just what everybody is doing now. And like Lori said, put many scriptures in your phone and just pull them up while you're waiting and pray over these different scriptures to increase your memory of memorizing scriptures, but giving you that piece of what God is saying to you for your particular problem that you're facing that day. And if you have a variety of scriptures in your phone or you have your Bible in the phone, you can pull it up while you're waiting. So use your phone as a tool um, to help you every day. Yes, we have such technology available right in our pocket that can help us with this. And all the experts say that when you get rid of something, you have to replace it with something else. And so, you know, if you cut a food out of your diet, it needs to be replaced with something else. If you stop a bad habit, what are you going to replace instead of what, you know, you would normally do that bad habit? And that's what we're saying. When you're dealing with unforgiveness, you're replacing the thoughts of bitterness and hatred and those memories with something new. And that something new is straight out of the Bible. And that's when it's going to be effective to help you forgive a person. Um, another book I've been reading is from Dana Gresh. And um, we're actually going to have her and her husband on the podcast coming up and talking about um, their new book called Happily Even After and sharing their story of how God redeemed their marriage. But that goes right along the lines of forgiveness because her husband was in a pornography addiction for much of their marriage. He struggled with pornography, and it was something that they had worked through, and they thought that there was victory over, and then he would have a relapse. And I know many of you probably have had um, situations like that, whether it's um, an addiction to pornography or alcohol or gambling. We talked to Andis and Lolita back on episode 136, and he shared how he had an addiction to gambling. And it really seemed like there was no hope, you know, in Lolita's eyes for him to ever stop this addiction and to give up his um, his habit that he had. And God really restored them and has helped heal this addiction he had. And just like he did with um, Bob and Dana and their story of you know, healing and restoration. But you see, in that situation with um, Andis and Lolita and with Bob and Dana and in your situation as well, if your spouse is in the middle of an addiction, 
it's very hurtful and it hurts you and it makes you feel like your self-image is shattered because you think you're blaming yourself. You wonder what you've done to cause your spouse to seek out um, pornography or to seek out alcohol to numb the pain or to seek out gambling. And that's when you have to offer that forgiveness before they even ask for it. Positively. And when Bob was um, being unfaithful to me, I could not even imagine him ever doing that. Um, he had been called into the ministry uh, many years before, and it was just, he was so deceived. And that's the word when I listen to Lori, I think of the, how the spouses that we're talking about and our husbands and wives and even children, uh, young um, adult children, that get tempted and be deceived to doing things that they never were exposed to in their own Christian life with their mom and dad, that remember is the enemy is out to steal, kill, and destroy. The Lord has sent Jesus Christ to have us live life abundantly. And so we've got to remember that regardless of what they're doing now, we've got to keep praying and standing in the gap for them because the Lord doesn't like what they're doing, but he is going to use many different ways to speak to them each day and use other people to speak to them in different ways to reveal the truth and the air that your spouse or children um, are in. And that's what is so hopeful for you each day is that you just say, Lord, I don't know what to do or pray, but Lord, you go and do what you need to do to bring them to their senses and bring them back home if they've left home or you're going through separation or even possibly a divorce. And if you are divorced, it's not over. Remember my testimony. I was divorced. And the Lord, I did divorce Bob due to my anger and bitterness and lack of faith. The Lord could change Bob. And remember, the Lord said, I do not want you to give up on Bob. I want you to start praying and fasting and praying for him, and I will work on on Bob, but you need to stand in the gap and pray for him. So you had to forgive oh, him before he and forgive. asked. Forgive and forgive. And every day, and my husband was so faithful in calling the children. But then my husband had this habit that he would call me 11 o'clock at night. He knew that was when I was going to bed. And he said, I just wanted to check in on the kids if he had not called the kids that day. And he goes, and can I tell you about my day? Let me tell you what happened to me. And he would start sharing different things, things that I did not really need to know about. But the Lord said, listen and pray against those things and, and let him speak them. And then you start praying against it. Remember when you do have conversations with your spouse, remember to listen to how you can pray for them in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I hope that we've encouraged you to seek forgiveness always. That's the best way to live. Um, Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. And that really should be our goal. And it's possible. We know that you're going through hardships in life, and you may have hardships coming around the corner. And being people that can forgive 
is such a gift that God's given us, and He will equip us to do that forgiving. Well, Lori, I think we have really opened the door to have people start studying about forgiveness and examine their hearts and lives about who they need to forgive, not only their spouse, but there may be others that you have been wounded as a child uh, that you need to forgive or in your teenage years. So I would suggest that you pray, as we have talked about examining your past, and if there is wounding that you've had as a child or any age, start asking the Lord, have I really, truly forgiven those people? Right. Time to let your bag of rocks go. Get rid of it. So let me pray for you. Lord, I just thank you for this uh, podcast, and I thank you about examining the spirit of forgiveness, and we're just going to pray that this will be a mighty next week as they will start reading the Bible and looking up the many different scriptures about forgiveness and what Jesus said about forgiveness. And we're just going to thank you, Lord, for all that you're going to touch and show this dear husband or wife for all that uh, you can do for them this very week in this very day. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you are like me, you probably like to have as many things in your life automated as possible. Nowadays, we can automate so many things from telling our vacuum when to clean the house while we're at work to automating the oven to turn on to cook our dinner. Well, one of the things that people have enjoyed is our family challenge. It is an automated donation that you can make every month to Rejoice Marriage Ministries without ever having to think about it. When you sign up for the family challenge, you can pick your predetermined donation amount. And on the first or 15th day of each month, depending on the date that you choose, until you tell us to stop, you will make a monthly contribution to Rejoice Marriage Ministries without ever having to think about it. You can visit www.rejoiceministries.org and click on Donate to find out more about the monthly family challenge. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages.